This uh, sermon series that we've been uh, reflecting on during the Advent season is all about light, Christ our light, and I'll invite you to open your Bibles to John's Gospel, the first chapter, the first 14 verses in just a moment. We'll read these majestic and powerful verses uh, and think about them for just a moment. I invite you to bow with me for a time of prayer as we meditate and are in God's presence for a few moments. Mighty God, thank you for the light that has shined on this world and in our hearts. We pray that you might purify our lives as we worship, that you might open our hearts to the wonders of your grace. We come confessing our sin and acknowledging our brokenness and our needs. We bring before you the names of those whom we love and for whom we're concerned, for the ill and for the, for the grieving that you would comfort, for those who are spiritually asleep that you might somehow confront them in your gentle grace. We pray today during this holiday season for all of the military uh, men and women who are serving especially far away from home that you would bless them and bless their families, and that truly you would bring peace in our world. We ask you to bless today our mission partners in Ukraine, in South Dakota, our local partners at South Elementary, and, and all the ways that, uh, that you've allowed us to, to partner in kingdom work. We ask God now that you open our hearts with understanding, that our lives will be ready to receive your truth. And this we pray through Jesus Christ our Lord to whom with you and the Holy Spirit belong honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 1. If you're able, to please stand and come to attention as I share together God's Word, as I read this aloud. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, And without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen His glory, the glory as of a Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. And while we're still there, I want to read verse 14 from the Message translation that reads, The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory like Father, like Son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. 
Well, I've come to a conclusion that my family is not the only family that annually, every year at Christmas time, watches the National Lampoon Christmas Vacation movie. Because I hear a lot of people quoting a lot of lines uh, and see on Facebook a lot of familiar scenes. Uh, there is, of course, that uh, early in the movie famous scene where uh, uh, Clark Griswold plugs in those uh, glorious house lights and he finally uh, gets it right and makes the connection and as he plugs it in, his whole house lights up all of Chicago and parts of Wisconsin probably. And uh, the meters on the electric, uh, on the power station starts whir- start whirring uh, like they're fans. And uh, I don't know what there is about Christmas lights but we all have a thing, not just Clark Griswold, but we all have a thing about Christmas lights. You would probably know that uh, lighting of electrical lights at Christmas time is a relatively modern phenomenon because of the uh, discovery of electricity and Thomas Edison's work with the light bulb. In fact, uh, shortly after Thomas Edison uh, invented the light bulb for Christmas celebration, he strung three uh, j- just a, a few light bulbs outside his laboratory in New Jersey. That's the first anybody knows, uh, electric lights being strung. And a couple of years later, his partner, a man named Johnson, uh, decided to take a red bulb, a blue bulb, and a white bulb and wrap them around his Christmas tree. As far as we know, that's the first time a Christmas tree had electric lights wrapped around it. It still didn't catch on until several years later when President Grover Cleveland decided to decorate uh, around the White House, and it's from there it's grown to Clark Griswold and uh, to all of the rest. Uh, what is our fascination with light? It's, uh, we've been exploring that all this sermon series, Christ Our Light. It's a powerful image. And there, there is no scripture that captures that better than this, uh, what they call John's prologue in the Gospel of John, as he lays out this beautiful picture of light. And light has many properties, many qualities. Of course, uh, one of the outstanding qualities of light that, that John lifts up is that light is stubbornly powerful. I love verse 5, where he says, The light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. That, to me, is a summary of not only uh, Christmas, but Easter. Not only Easter, but Christmas. That there is no power of darkness that can extinguish one light. The light of Jesus can never be extinguished by darkness. It's a Christmas message. It's an Easter message. It's an everyday message for followers of Jesus. And notice the tense of the verb in verse 5. He's been using past tense for what God has done. And suddenly in verse 5, he switches to present tense. The light shines, not shined, shines. Present tense, ongoing action. The light of Jesus is never extinguished. That light is continuing to shine and is always shining. And that's a victorious message. Many of you remember uh, the Ukrainian pastor, Elise Pronin, who preached here in May. Uh, you remember the story of Elise who had uh, been pastoring a church in eastern Ukraine. And then when the Civil War started in Ukraine, uh, we had already established a partnership with him and with his congregation to sponsor a new work. Uh, but when the Civil War started, uh, the separatists burned his church building and made threats on his life and on the life of his family. 
Uh, LSA and his family fled to the United States where they lived uh, for several months. That's why he was in the States and able to preach here in May. We've been praying for him, praying for his work, praying for his family. He's now back in Lviv. Our church has increased its uh, quarterly contributions to help uh, him and to help his family maintain ministry. We heard from him recently, and this is what he says. Well, first of all, I need you to know, he says to tell everyone hello, greetings in Jesus Christ. But we also know from his uh, latest email that they're starting a new church in Lviv in western Ukraine. And he says they're doing Christmas concerts and they're drawing crowds. He says we're doing humanitarian work. They're helping refugees who are fleeing the violence of eastern Ukraine. And they're helping with very fundamental basic uh, survival needs of, of refugees. And he says when they have church on Sunday, they are having most Sundays at least 20 visitors. And with those visitors, they get to share the story of Jesus Christ the light of the world. They get to tell other people about what Jesus Christ has done for them and done for the world. Now you think about it. The light shines in darkness and all the darkness of the world, civil war, despots and and dictators, violence, persecution, all the darkness of the world, cannot extinguish the light of Jesus Christ. That's a powerful image, isn't it? And that's what John wanted us to understand about the power of Jesus. Well, light has other properties. Light also exposes or reveals. You can think about that in a negative sense because there is a downside to Christmas. You know that, don't you? There is a negative message at Christmas time, and John shares it very honestly in verse 10 of chapter 1. He says, Jesus was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Jesus Christ was co-creator with God, so he helped make the world, so he comes into the world that he made, yet the world did not know him. That's the sad message of Christmas. After all of this trouble and all of this love, the world did not know him, He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. You see, one of the the powers of light is is that it exposes our evil and our sin, our rebellious choices to reject Christ. It it exposes our pride, our selfishness, our clenched fists, our closed hearts. The light shines on us and shows us our need of Christ, and our sinfulness. That's part of the value of light. Light is honest. Light exposes the real situation, the present truth, the present reality. And that's an important thing for us to remember and and never rush past too quickly. Several years ago, um, I had a car that I thought was pretty and somehow somebody scratched the left rear fender I took it to the body shop. Uh, I went in to pay. I thought it was repaired appropriately. I looked at it uh, in the shadows of the body shop area. It looked great. When I got it uh, out in the sunlight, uh, filling it up with, uh, with fuel uh, as I left the town, in the natural sunlight, I noticed that the paint colors did not match. I wasn't able to see it in the shadows. 
I wasn't able to notice it in the artificial light, but in the bright, natural light of the sun, the mistake was exposed. That which wasn't right was made clear. And you know, we've all had situations or times in our life where something seemed right, where everything seemed okay, where we could justify to ourselves our rebellion from God or our disobedience. But out in the light of Jesus Christ, we see that which isn't right. And that's a strong theme as John develops this theme of Christ our light. Of course, there is a positive side as well to the revealing, exposing power of light because not only does uh, light expose our sin and rebellion, it also uh, it, it, it lights the way and shows us God. Because John goes on and says in verse 12, Many rejected him, but to all who received him, who believed on his name, who, for all who opened their lives to believe on Christ and receive him into their lives, to them he gave power to become children of God. Not in our own strength, but what Jesus Christ has, is doing in us and through us, to them he gave power to become children of God. And then he goes on and says in verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. So powerful is the light of Jesus Christ to show us God that John says Jesus is God's word. He's everything God has to say. He's God's communication. And I loved what the quartet said in their number this morning, it's pure gospel that when Mary was looking at the baby, she was looking at the face of God. Is that a mystery that just blows you away? That, that this package at Christmas is the very presence of God. God unveiling God's self. God becoming real among us, personal, available, accessible. That's a powerful, powerful message. There's another quality of light that I have to confess to you, I had never thought of and I, didn't, and I didn't come up with it for this sermon. I have a really old, dusty book in my study here in the office. Uh, it's, I hadn't opened it in years by F.B. Meyer, a great Baptist preacher of the late 19th century. Just to show you that truth can be old and still be true. He has this, this study on John chapter 1 and he says, one of the properties of light is that it's gentle. I want you to think about that. It's gentle. He reminds us that light travels an enormous distance. And light travels at an incredible speed, 186,000 miles per second. That's faster than a two-year-old can get across the room and grab the remote control. And that's hard to believe. 186,000 miles per second. Someone has said that if you could travel the speed of light in one second you could go around the circumference of the earth seven and a half times in one second. 
Light travels an enormous distance at an incredible speed, but when it arrives, it doesn't arrive with a boom or a crash or bugles or gunshots or cymbals or any kind of noise. It just shows up gently. Light travels all that distance and all that speed, but when that light lands on a blade of grass, it does not even knock off the dewdrop or the frost that's on it. You ever think about that? Light is so powerful, yet light is so gentle. So gentle, never forcing anyone. Jesus, the great light of the world, but so mighty and yet so gentle that he comes with such quietness and with lack of pretension and with such a gentleness. And so our witness should be. We're going to live the gospel during Advent. You've heard me say this all this season. We're going to live the gospel during Advent. We need to live it powerfully, but we need to live it gently. We need to live it the way Jesus lived the light. I uh, was driving down to a graveside committal down in Richland, Missouri, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and going through the town of Crocker. Some of you know where that is. There's this sign, you know, you can learn a lot from reading church signs driving up and down 17 Highway. And there's this sign, a church sign that said, God's people cannot carry out the darkness, but we can carry in the light. We can't do anything about the darkness. We can rail and gripe and complain about the darkness, or we can carry in the light. And stop whining about how they've taken Christ out of Christmas and just start living the light. There's an old, old saying that's not in the Bible, but it probably should be, don't curse the darkness, light a candle. Don't curse the darkness, just light a candle. Just be who Jesus called us to be and be that light. Come gently like Jesus, but come powerfully like Jesus. Last September, Janet and I were at an overnight retreat at Windermere. It was church net uh, retreat, board retreat. And uh, it was a beautiful fall evening. And just as we finished our evening session at Windermere, all the power went off all over the campus. We found out later that it was a blown fuse, a blown uh, transformer, rather. And, uh, I mean, it was pitch dark everywhere. At first, it was sort of weird and scary. Then Janet got her app out off of, uh, uh, on her iPhone, and uh, she has an app for the constellation, the stars' constellations, and you just tap on it, and then you hold it up, and it starts showing you the constellations and, and helps you name them in case you've forgotten your uh, uh, school assignment that you once learned. And it was really sort of eerie and wonderful and strange, and then it got a little tiresome, and then it got a little scary, you know, it just... And I I hate to even admit this to you, but when the lights finally came back on, Janet and I were in our car with the engine running, recharging our phone batteries. (laughs) Isn't that pathetic? You know, we got to have our phones, but we thought, you know, if we're going to be all night, uh, we we might want to text each other. You know, I don't know. Uh, It's just sad how we get so hooked on that stuff, but the lights came back on. 
I had several thoughts reflecting on that experience, and one was, those beautiful stars are there all the time, I just never look up, never see them. But the other thoughts were this, when it was dark, there was a sense of helplessness. I think that's what biblical darkness, spiritual darkness, is mostly about, a sense of helplessness. Don't know what to do, don't know who to turn to, don't know which way to go. Spiritually lost. Is that you this morning? The other impression I had was the wonder of light. When the lights came back on and when the next morning sun rose, we didn't take it quite so for granted. The wonder, the sheer wonder of light. Jesus, the light, the sheer wonder that God would visit us with the light of his Son. 